Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who is the CEO of Ironbound Films, a documentary and new media production company based out of Garrison, New York. Ironbound Films which produced a documentary called Evocator on legendary talk show host Morton Downey Jr. He produced and directed The New Recruits and The Linguist, which was nominated for an Emmy in 2010 for Outstanding Science and Technology Documentary. He also produced and wrote an internet comedy series called The Fantastic Two about fantasy football starring William Refrigerator Perry, as well as a producer of the IMUS on MSNBC television show. He was also an intern for Conan O'Brien on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. His latest film, Heading Home, the tale of Team Israel, which chronicles the journey of Team Israel in the 2017 World Baseball Classic, is a thrill to welcome Jeremy Newberger on the show tonight so AJ and I can shep a little knockus about Team Israel once again and the film. So welcome, Jeremy. Shalom, shalom. Look at the whitefish. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't done much press where it starts off the interview with shepping knockus, but uh, right. we'll do our best. That's the only press I do. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is that this is really so much more than a baseball movie. You were alongside the players on a pre-tournament trip to Israel. The film captures the emotions that the players experience in seeing the promised land for the first time. This film has been somewhat in the back of your mind for a while, however. So tell our audience a little bit about how this film came about to be made. Uh, it's a crazy story. You know, I have a, a friend named Jonathan Mayo. He writes for Major League Baseball. And he and I went to Jewish sleepaway camp in the 80s. Uh, so did my other uh, co-director, Daniel Miller, and our partner, Seth Kramer. And uh, we've been trying to do a project together since we were kids that kind of combined all of our passions. And John suggested we go to spring training in 2015 to talk with some of the Jewish players and see if we couldn't get a birthright trip going. Uh, so we went to Florida, Arizona, and we talked to, you know, Jock Peterson and Ian Kinsler, Brad Asmus and Nate Fryman and Ike Davis and a, a couple other guys. And, you know, and uh, Kevin Euclid was also involved in the, in the project. And then, you know, I came back with the footage and we, we tried to turn it into a film and nobody wanted it. So we put it on the shelf. And then, wouldn't you know it, these, most of these guys that we had talked to qualified in Brooklyn at the WBC uh, qualifiers. So all of a sudden, they were heading to Korea, and then, you know, wouldn't you know it, someone was willing to pay for them to go on a trip to Israel. So I got a phone call from Jonathan, a very excited phone call, and he said, you know, get your cameras, we're going to Israel. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm on uh, a private jet owned by Sheldon Edelson with (laughs) – you know, Ike Davis and Cody Decker and Josh Zayden, all these guys from Team Israel, uh, on our way to the Holy Land for what would be, you know, a seven-day condensed tour of the country, VIP style. What, what did you expect going into that trip that you would have that would make it such a good film? Um, well, I was hoping to see some sort of transformation in some of the guys. Uh, none of them, you know, bar one, had been to Israel before. 
Uh, I was someone who had spent a year, you know, of college living there uh, back in my 20s, and these are young guys, and I figured, you know, they're going to have this crazy, real, like, micro trip of the experiences I had, and hopefully someone will change as a result of it in some interesting way. But it's, you know, it's a crapshoot. You don't know what's going to happen when you get there, if anything. You know, these guys could go there and be unimpressed, or they could go there and, you know, be bored, or, well, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it's interesting, because uh, through Margot Sugarman, you know, through the whole trek of the World Baseball Classic, we basically, I, I would say we probably had 90% of that we, team. We had a good percentage of the team on the show. On yeah. the show, leading up to there. Right. And in, in, in talking to those guys last year, it was interesting to note the varying degrees of Judaism that they grew up in, households, such as Ike Davis and Ty Kelly, were, were brought up in mixed households. Right. What do you think that, you know, watching their reactions play out in front of you, what was the sense you got from those guys? Well, for, first off, Margot Sugarman, by the way, is my drinking buddy, so let me just put that, <laughs> put that out She's there. She's awesome, by but, the way. Uh, Absolutely awesome. Mike Davis and Ty Kelly, uh, because the majority of the Americans that I think have moved to Israel are uh, from New York, you know, New Jersey area, uh, the overwhelming number of baseball fans in Israel are all Mets fans. So Ike Davis, you know, probably was the the most recognized guy of the group that I traveled to Israel with. And that was who all the, you know, kids in little Brooklyn accents, the little Israeli kids with Brooklyn accents would be screaming, Ike Davis, Ike Davis. Uh, you know, Ty Kelly uh, was not really raised... Uh, Jewish, like you say, from a mixed uh, household. He was there with his mom, who I believe is the Jewish half of the family, and he was trying to soak in as much uh, of the country as possible, if I remember. Uh, so just, you know, peering into his experience, it was like uh, a kid in a candy shop, really, uh, you know, traveling to this exotic place he'd never been. None of these guys were able to travel uh, in summers or to, you know, during a year of schooling abroad because they were always doing baseball. So that was something I was hearing from many of them was, you know, I would have done this, you know, with, you know, all my Jewish camp friends when they went, or I would have gone, you know, during college, but we couldn't. I was doing baseball. And and Ike Davis was a little different. His experience uh, was, I think, a little bit of fear and apprehension at first because he doesn't like so much to identify as a Jew only because he's worried that you know he's going to be attacked, <laughs> which is an unfortunate reality in our world right now. Is we're we're still targets as Jews. So I think. His transformation was one of like feeling comfort that there's a place in the world where if you're Jewish, you could be safe. Uh, and I think that specifically was Ty and, and Ike's experience that I was seeing in Israel. If you just tuned in, we're speaking to Jeremy Newberger on his great new film, Heading Home, Headed Home. Um, as we mentioned, we had a bunch of those guys, and two of the guys that AJ and I fell in love with over the course of that year were the aforementioned you know, Ty Kelly and Cody Decker. Um, and the interesting thing about those two guys are they are also aspiring filmmakers. So to have two guys on the trip that are aspiring filmmakers being part of the film, what did that you know, add to the mix? It was very 
very annoying. You know, always <laughs> telling me what to do with the camera and all that. No, I'm kidding. They, I think that they were too busy enjoying themselves on this trip. I mean, I would say it reminded me of the movie Slapshot, you know, the hockey film with Paul Newman. Uh, these were a bunch of, like, young guys going to Israel on this VIP tour, and they wanted to learn and all, but they were also having a lot of fun. And there was a lot of joking and, you know, razzing and, you know, that kind of stuff going on. In terms of, like, Cody Decker's, like, a film uh, dictionary. So yeah. if you start talking to him about films, he knows names and obscure. He knows more about films than maybe even he knows about baseball. <laughs> and Ty Kelly is really a quiet, uh, shy person until you get him to open up. So when you hear him say to you that he has, like, a comedy channel on YouTube, you're like, huh, that guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> but then you watch him, and he's a cut-up. So you just have to get to know him a little bit. You know, I mentioned Cody because the day I interviewed him at Coney Island, the day of the qualifier, knowing his film background, I said, you know, if you guys qualify and you go on and possibly win this thing, this is a bigger story than Miracle on Ice. You know, do you think someone should be making a film about this? And he quickly put his finger to his lips and went, shh, you know, I'm trying to acquire the film rights. But when that team qualifies and then wins the first four games, are you sitting there saying, oh, wow, this could be unbelievable if they win it all. Yeah, I mean, when you book a trip to Korea without a return ticket <laughs> and the whole time you're being told, you know, oh, those guys have no chance, they're underdogs, et cetera, et cetera, uh, after they start winning, you know, and winning and winning, you go from sort of complaining that you're away from your family to, like, call my agent, we got a hot one here, you know? <laughs> so, it was a miracle for those guys and a miracle for us that we were actually filming something so important and, and happening because uh, we usually take our time to make a film you know we usually spend about five years you know coming up with the idea and researching and then following people around for you know multiple years you know we we got the phone call and uh, I think it was uh, you know October or November oh, sorry in November and we were in Israel in January and in Korea by March and then you know racing to finish the film Given that this is a much more compressed timetable than usually have, how different then is this film from your previous ones? This is a really different film from the pre. I think we we generally follow like a single or two characters around, and this is more of like a team film. You know, when we started, we were like, well, oh, let's see, Cody's really funny, and he would be great to you know to sort of follow around. But oh my God, wait, you know, uh, Ryan Lavarnway and Josh Zide, those two guys, there's like a bromance happening on screen. And then, you know, you, you find like Sam Fold is completely compelling and he's got this injury and how's he going to play? So after sort of wrestling with, well, who do we focus on specifically, it became clear it's like a Greek chorus movie. This is a story of Team Israel. We have the luxury of meeting the, you know, the nine guys who were on the trip in Israel, so they get some more screen time. But then when the rest of the gang joins, and there's also more personalities like Blake Galen, and Nate Fryman, and you know Zach Borenstein, and all these guys, it becomes a movie about the team. And then when the team starts becoming an international sensation, it just sort of writes itself. You just have to make sure that you're capturing not only what you see on TV, but we have access to be behind the scenes so you can be part of this crazy run. It's interesting as well that Arnie touched on the differences, uh, the filmmaking aspect. But from a personal level, you know, obviously when you're a filmmaker, every project you do, you have to have a passion for. 
you you mentioned the Genesis going back to like the 1980s in a Jewish you know sleepaway camp, and then it coming to fruition after you thought the project was you know pretty much dead and buried. What on a personal level differed for this project than the others? Um, well, I, I guess you know sports. <laughs> My Jewish sleepaway camp was not a sports camp, so I'm not like the world's biggest athlete. I mean, I, I or you know even sports fan. I grew up in Long Island uh, in Dix Hills. My dad made us Mets fans because he was afraid to park the car near Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and then I I married uh, a woman whose family uh, the grandfather had played with Phil Rizzuto, and she converted to Judaism. So she made me convert to Yankeeism, and that's <laughs> pretty much my like sports fan background. But it's not so extensive. I'm usually watching movies and not watching every game of the season. So for me personally, it was a chance to immerse in this world of major and minor league baseball, to hear from journeymen like Cody how they've spent the last 10 years getting paid nothing, you know, chasing this dream of becoming a major league player uh, in, you know, seven months a year with one day off a month, making no money, you know, getting bumped into the majors for a day, and then they get pulled back down. Hearing those stories was really interesting to me. It's nothing I knew about baseball. You only really focus on your team and how they're doing, and you don't really think about the, you know, the farm teams and the triple A's and the double A's and the whole system of all these guys who are, you know, incredible talents just fighting for a shot. And I liked that. That was really interesting to me. Absolutely, because, you know, in spring training, Zach and Ty Kelly are both in Met Camp, and I spoke to them about that experience, and both of them said, well, listen, you know, driving all those buses for all those years, all of a sudden this, this tournament, gave them access to something they never, ever had. And that's just because of their Judaism, going to Israel, going to Korea, going to Tokyo. But, you know, for people that didn't follow the tournament as closely as AJ and I did, there was a very central character that emerged and, and, and got a lot of publicity, and that was the mensch on the bench. And could you explain to the audience that might not know anything about it, you know, what that was about? And in the film, does he become a character unto his own? I think the movie's really just about the mensch, and the baseball players are, you know, have cameos. <laughs> I mean, Cody Decker, who is like the Bill Murray of the trip, he uh, watched on Shark Tank this guy selling menches, these little stuffed chassids. That's the best way I could describe it to you. And he, uh, he made it a mascot for the team. I won't tell you why or how, because you'll learn that in the film. But this thing... Uh, was life-size, and it came on the trip to Korea and to, to Japan. And what I learned while I was there was, uh, in Korea and Japan, they're very mascot-centric uh, uh, cultures right now. So, like, the bank down the street has a mascot, or, you know, the hotel, the pizza place, they have a mascot. So when the men showed up, the most interest was in this mascot. And I think they even, like, staged an event where the you know, the, the baseball domes mascot met the mensch mascot. I remember there was, like, a person in a baseball, a stuffed baseball in the elevator with the mensch. It was bizarre. It was completely bizarre. There was Japanese reporters coming over and saying, mencha, mencha, mencha. I remember hearing, because they wanted to interview the mensch. So, so you're screening the film this weekend and next weekend in at Chicago. the Chicago JCC Film Festival. 
What are your thoughts, what are your aspirations, hopes about the distribution of this film? Do you think it has a limited thing to, to, you know, to JCCs and Jewish film festivals, or do you see any shot of a theatrical release? Or, or streaming on Amazon or Netflix? I think it's going to be everything. You know, we premiered at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival February 10th. We went to uh, West Virginia, Phoenix. We're in Chicago. We were just in Hartford today. No, wait, wait. There's a West Virginia Jewish Film Festival? Yes. It's, uh, it's pretty much three rabbis and a bagel, and they project the film through the bagel. No, I, I, there is one, and we were there. Uh, so, yes, the answer is. So then, you know, we're heading to Boca's Jewish Film Festival in Tampa Bay and Rockland County, uh, New York, a little closer to home for your audience if they want to schlep across the bridge on April 3rd. And we're going to be in the, you know, the Jewish film circuit uh, pretty strongly for the next couple of months uh, with an eye towards theatrical distribution. I think there's a lot uh, of people, specifically Jews, who want to see the film. And then there's crossover appeal. Let me tell you a quick story. When Team Israel won the, the first match in Korea, I got a text from my wife's brother. This is the non-Jewish side of the family. He's a diehard baseball fan, has never been interested in a single film that I've ever made. And the text said, hey, bro, are you with Team Israel? Awesome! So I think there's appeal across uh, religions, and I think you know WBC fans and baseball fans will love it. So I think theatrical will be a nice surprise for everyone. I think it's going to do really well. Awesome. Where can people find out more about the film and where it's going to be playing until it's, it makes its theatrical release? So right now on Facebook, Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel has a page where we're updating you with all the screenings and the, the, the press it's getting, etc. And it's also on Twitter at Heading Home Doc, D-O-C. Awesome, Jeremy. Thanks so much for your time tonight. AJ and I cannot wait to see this film as we, you know, we sat here on that Sunday right. night. You know, I'd come, I had right. we'll, done we'll interviews. We'll wait for the Half Hollow Hills Film Festival. Or, or yeah. the Suffolk Jays. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's where I went to high school, so that, I'd be honored figured, to go yeah. to that. Right. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Okay, take care, guys. You got it, Jeremy Newberg, a director of Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel. Should be a, a great watch. Yeah.